Times India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and joining me over the phone is Shishir Prasad, the deputy editor of Forbes India from Mumbai. Hi, Shishir. Hi, hi, Abhishek. Hi, Shishir. And from Bangalore, we have the contributing editor, Meetu Jayashankar. Good morning, Meetu. Hi, Abhishek. Good morning. And uh, we also have the special correspondent, uh, Ramnath, who has contributed to this issue and he's joining me from Bangalore. Hi, Ramnath. Hi, Abhishek. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, before we move into the cover story, Shishir, uh, this one's for you. I'm uh, curious to know as to how was the previous cover received? For the ones who missed it, that cover was about uh, the position or the status of the LGBT community, that is a lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender community in the Indian business. And the cover was uh, titled India Inc.'s Best Kept Secret. So it's been about 14 days since the last one was released. Uh, Shishir, how has the feedback been from the audience? I think it's uh, surprisingly open-minded, I would say. Most of the feedback that comes either through directly to us or on social media has been that about time somebody did, did cover this issue. Even in the podcast that was hosted by First Post and Forbes India, which is there on the website, right. it has been well received with one comment and I quote the comment from the website itself, which says that, uh, as an openly gay man at my workplace, discussions like these are the ones which give you hope uh, and things may not change overnight, he says, or over the weekend, but at least they are being looked into. And I personally thought that is what summarizes the intention of the cover story quite well. There was a lot of talk on the blogosphere also, on, on Twitter also, on Facebook about this podcast. Yeah, we did a chat actually, a Twitter chat with uh, some of the people who were featured in the story. And uh, I think it was fairly well followed. So I think we're glad we did it because for anyway, we are we sort of focused on business needs society. And this is definitely one of those issues which intersect and it's worked well for us. That's great. And, and moving ahead, uh, Meetu, in this cover story, diving into this one, in the past, you know, you have, we've spoken about it on our podcast too, about your cover stories on Mr. K.V. Kamath and a little bit about Mr. Murthy. And this time you've put another familiar face on the cover. It's uh, Mr. Chandra Sekharan from TCS or uh, Chandra as he's known as in the circles. Uh, so if you could help us with uh, summarizing what this issue's cover story is about and also the timing of the cover story. Why now? Sure. TCS is one of the largest, uh, it's not one of the, it's the largest IT company from India. But, you know, for some reason it, it lacks that certain connect with the audience the way, um, you know, Narayan Murthy or Anandan had for Infosys or, or even Mr. Premji and Vivek Paul and the others have had with Vipro. So perhaps that face that connected the company to the, to the outside world was missing. And over the last two or three years, everywhere in the industry, whoever you speak to, uh, you know, have started to say that uh, Chandra is an aggressive CEO, he's transforming TCS. And there are lots of anecdotes and stories about how he goes into sales meetings and, you know, he sort of owns the sales room. So the personality of the company has started to come through to this CEO. Uh, and uh, in the past, they've had very formidable CEOs. Uh, you know, FC Kohli's stories are legendary. So are Ramadurai's. But Chandra captures the sort of the imagination and, and also the rise of TCS at a time like this. All this put together, you know, I think this was a great time to be telling the story and very little is known about him and, and about them. They were only sort of started coming into public light after their lifting. But you know, very little is known about who he is, how he runs the company, what is his personality like and why TCS has suddenly got this 
shot in the arm you know that was the reason to be you know looking at the story and um, i think she has done a great great job of bringing the man alive she uh, she just continuing from where me to left as she says it i also get the feeling as a reader that uh, it's not exactly a company which is considered to be either in leman's terms as a cool company or something that would be flashed on the cover of pages would you agree with that i think uh, for me to put it in perspective what she said was that for a long time and many people internally and teachers also say this that they lived under the shadow of infosys ah. and still continues to be uh, a great company and also a very friendly company a lot of things that the uh, it industry did first were done by them and they also had absolutely brilliant leaders not only brilliant leaders who were also known for communicating that leadership vision you know narayan muthi well we don't need to talk about him i mean people know about it and uh, so was nandan nilakani so there was both there were also this great company the brand that had been built up and it also had leaders which were propagating the message and to be very fair infosys was also the darling of the stock market so everything had sort of come together and tcs has lived in that shadow for a, for a while now and so therefore uh, when we saw that there was something break you know in terms of result and performance there was a breakout as they call it you know you sort of get out of a band that you were stuck in so we thought let's sort of take a closer look at what's making this happen and three things sort of stood out one was that increased and uh, increased and enhanced aggression from from most fronts from the company a ceo who was uh, considered very energetic and uh, there was also the very interesting thing of you know him having most id company uh, company ceos i mean they are known for being very very good at customer relations and very you know one side of them which is the professional side but here was the guy who was running marathons so that was also an interesting kind of a you know personality to it so we wanted to capture all of that the change in the company and change in the person you right. know talking about the person jishit now you said about you know he was having a kind of style now meetu and i we have spoken about it in the previous podcast where you know i think meetu you had mentioned about how uh, shibulal who is a current ceo of infosys he was not part of sales but operations and he brings something to the table that perhaps nilakani uh, didn't or nilakani brought something else because he was from the sales background and he would close deals in the us markets working very hard towards that so how is chandra as a person as since you met him up close uh, if one of the three of you could you know uh, help us how is he and what is his professional style and of course we will definitely talk about how does he get the time to run all those marathons but from the professional perspective what is his style if there is one he is also part of the similar sort of early stock of it leaders is very good in operations that means you know, he's risen, risen up the ranks and there, there are many stories i mean uh, there was one guy who, who was saying how they were reviewing a particular project with chandra and this this was in the last like one or two years so basically chandra is now in in that time he's he's at the top of the company right so they're reviewing the project and they're saying that you know project uh, you know is suffering from from some performance issues so this guy asks him so so what's the problem so he says the program is not executing with the speed that the customer wants <laughs> and so chandra asked him have you checked the db2 queries so which is a db2 is a ibm database right. and uh, so this guy has that sort of a memory where he he right. he's sort of checking that this is usually a problem in projects like this that the queries that you execute on the database are usually not properly programmed and that can cause a performance delay to cut a long story short it sort of speaks for a guy who's you know very thorough in the basic of, uh, of of a software company which is you know programming obviously and he's known for 
also for his ability to win sales orders so he's done that round in fact he's he's been through most functions in the company so on all rounder like some of the great leaders in this uh, industry me too if you want to add something yeah sure so see one of the things that we heard over and over again especially from customers was that his association with the company is so long and uh, even though he's now the ceo he actually was handling a lot of their top 10 customers so he was you know their account facing person so that is a, the comfort that they have with him and him when while leading the rest of the team so if you dealt directly with g or dealt directly with cisco for a long long time you you will know exactly what is going right or what is going wrong and what are the issues that you know that can be taken care of how to grow the account i think that's a huge huge advantage that that he has uh, internally the other thing is you know just it's never fair to compare personalities because you know each 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 ceo has a has a certain different has a style and a different personality but in in my interactions or from what i've heard is he's clearly a, a very aggressive person and they're all very different styles so you know i mean i remember shishir and i having this conversation about how would you compare or how is he different from say anandan because so they they both very collegial they they have this very very good connect with the teams internally perhaps because they were they are younger and you know and then they grew up with the rest of the team but also the styles there are, are certainly a little different anandan will is very suave so he'll impress you with his uh, huge network he knows practically almost everybody in the world and then he leads with his with his intellect you know right. and and a very back slapping kind of a of of a personality but in chandra's case you know you can, you can see that again very intelligent obviously knows the business inside out a very nuts and bolts kind of a person and i think in his case the connect is through his marathon i mean i i mean i don't know of any other ceo in an it company who who who's able to do that and and consistently and i think that helps build up his personality inside and outside a, a lot Right. Uh, how old was he when he ran his first marathon? Not not exactly very young, uh, I suppose. 2008 Mumbai Marathon uh, is the first one that he ran. That just three years ago. And the, the story of how he sort of started doing it is what we sort of covered in the in the story. Mm-hmm. It is essentially, you know, it's a chance conversation with one of his uh, colleagues about. And generally, we used to be a diabetic. I mean, you know, so right. they sort of wanted to use a form of exercise. to reduce the impact of that so everybody says that huh? if you do physical exercise it sort of helps that condition so that's the that's the ostensible trigger for how he started it but now i think he runs purely because he likes running i mean he started on his own then he took up professional uh, training as well there's a group i think uh, striders they are called who now train a lot of people inside tcs as well so the sport has become fairly common i mean a lot of people i think it about 3000 or something 2000 3000 people inside tcs now try and run long distance not everybody is a marathoner though but they do all try and run so it's a sort of good culture that has sort of spread inside the company and like me to said running is a is a mass sport you know it's like football right you know all you need is a decent pair of shoes and you can go running so it's not like golf where you know the ceo plays golf only probably three or four people can meet him exactly. to run and i and and i was there in bangalore where they were doing a 10k run and this is one of the key sponsors Did you run? Uh, it was this was uh, who? Did did you run? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't dressed for the occasion. <laughs> and I wasn't carrying my shoes. But he did a small sort of jog. He also didn't run that day. But you should have seen I there were at least if my memory serves me correctly at least 800 to 1000 uh, UTC's employees who were turned up and they were all busy sort of meeting him. It's a good way to you know keep in touch with the employees and directly meet them. True. 
and and one thing that surprised me from the article was that he actually ran the 42 kilometers not not the dream run but the the, the full marathon which just goes to show that it's not exactly a PR stunt he has to do all the hard work of running those many kilometers no no he that first one i must have been the most difficult because that he to he told us that he took about 6 hours in fact his handlers in, inside the company said that they were only one who were waiting because almost everybody had packed up and gone home <laughs> because after 2008 i think now you can't even do that because after let's say a 4 hour cut off they actually take a bus and they pick up everybody else who is still on the road and they you know sort of bring them in but in 2008 that was not the case so he he completed <laughs> it somehow that's great and and ramnath if i could get your word in you had a chance to meet a couple of his professors and colleagues or peers in his hometown so how, how was that experience yeah i mean in many ways he was like any other college student who was both serious about his studies as well as serious about enjoying the college life they said he used to sit in the first row scored good marks he also went to movies played cricket had lot of friends spent many hours discussing all topics under the sun from politics cinema whatever but what they said distinguished him mm-hmm. was clarity of thought and a kind of confidence he did his bsc in a engineering college and uh, which was coimbatore institute of technology and later he did mca again i mean both these courses weren't considered to be you know on the top rank you know doing a bsc in a engineering college is generally considered to be second rank and that is what most of his classmates thought but apparently chandra went about as if that is exactly what he wanted to do and uh, something similar to what shishir just mentioned you know how he took 6 hours to finish the marathon it seems there was a subject when he was in bsc and uh, you know at that time the bsc was a new course in uh, cit they didn't have syllabus and they didn't have enough text uh, you know the material that they can rely on and once when they went to the test you know to take the exams almost all the questions seemed to be out of syllabus you know, they they hadn't prepared at all so one of his friends was telling you know he and many others in the class uh, they just got up and went off but you know there were four or five of his classmates who sat down and finished the test anyway and chandra was one of them Right. Shishi, now that, you know, these are a couple of anecdotes that Ramnath has shared. Now, now we are talking about not just a college exam, but you know, when you're running India's largest software company, which is listed on the stock exchange. So how, how difficult is this job as compared to Mr. Ramadurai, who, for, like your article mentions, that most part of his tenure, the company was not listed. That means he had that much more freedom. So how much has the stock market come in the way of TCS's success, if it has? I think it's a pretty good question because I don't know whether the job was easier or not but yes talking to just one shareholder is far far easier than talking to millions of shareholders now and you know many of them might not have this with the same time horizon that let's say Tata Sons might have had when the company was unlisted so they obviously are focusing on the side that pleases the markets which is you know you keep your margins sort of better and you know you try and announce initiatives so for example they're talking a lot about trying to do use a lot more of intellectual property to do work so those are the things that will probably please the market this is my assessment but there is a side that still remains of the old tcs which is ramadurai and ecology tcs which is you know trying to do something long term for instance and this is fairly big in domestic business in which is indian it services business and in the last couple of years indian it companies have sort of started focusing on it 
but it was not considered very fashionable to sort of do it because Indian rates aren't as high as uh, what you can get outside. But they would remain sort of committed to it. So they do a lot of business in telecom sector. They've done a lot of business in in the banking sector. They have a platform which, through which a lot of rural regional banks are now transacting. It's a nice healthy mix where you do stuff for the markets definitely because you owe it to them. Otherwise, you shouldn't be listed. But at the same time, you try and communicate and tell the markets that look, we believe that certain investments need to be incurred now. for the rewards to come later and because i think they have constantly sort of reiterated this message i think people are fairly comfortable with that they haven't sort of said that you know we'll give you like 35% margin yeah. so because of the fact that they have sort of held steady on both the fronts as of now they seem to be doing well the stock has done pretty well in the last one year or so that's what my feeling is meetu what do you think without a doubt being a listed company makes life that much more difficult you you know your every decision is scrutinized just the fact that every quarter you have to you know prepare these releases and talk to the media and the analysts and the investor community i mean a lot of ceos will tell you that it it takes time and focus away from other important matters there are very few companies i mean again you know it it's uh, we always keep comparing them to infosys but infosys i think is the only company that gives still a quarterly guidance and they seem to be wedded to that model uh, I don't think DCS gives a, a full year guidance. I mean, she should might notice better, but no, yeah, yeah, she's right. Yeah, yeah, they don't give a guidance. And guidance in in layman's terms would mean so you will you give a estimate of tell you yeah tell you that you know I will do this much in top line and this much in bottom line. So I'm whatever visibility I have, I'm going to share it with you. Now, if you if you miss it for any reason, then your stock will take a hammering. you know it takes a lot of guts and courage and in the olden days business was a lot more simpler you were only doing one line of business it was a very predictable contract uh, there weren't too many things changing now it's a whole i mean with now rupee fluctuates clients come back and ask you for a different kind of project there are also more product kind of uh, sales being done i mean as in solutions wrapped around products which creates lumpiness in revenue so it's difficult without a doubt but what are the other longer term bets that they could uh, you know take I think the challenge for them they've clearly been the largest company in this sector I mean and that hasn't changed uh, over many many years and at this point in time when and when a lot of his rivals are very internal focused I mean like for example Infosys and Wipro they've had these leadership changes people have come and gone and uh, you know they're on a much stronger footing right now I mean um, I'm, I'm sure they think about this but their reference set really will now be the larger companies I mean IBM and Accenture and learn to play the game you know like those guys are doing and a lot of clients say that you know no doubt that TCS is as good as as IBM or Accenture when it comes to completing the projects but they lack the confidence and and the the, the way they speak to the CXO set the client CXO set you know I mean that is where i think their focus needs to be right and also what the story mentions what is the unfinished agenda and that is you are leading an organization of 2 lakh people I mean, there is just no way you can keep growing revenue by adding people. So, thinking about new models, and and I think he has the advantage now because he has a very very secure you know home base. He's very young. He clearly has a has a much longer tenure than some of the other CEOs have in the IT companies right now, and he can push through for for some of these changes, and and that will benefit the entire industry if they can come up with a new model. And I think they they are clearly the people who can do it and who should do it. I think one of the models that they are experimenting with is uh, Ashish. You had mentioned in one of our podcasts about uh, the one billion dollar investment in 
cloud computing to cater to small and medium enterprises. Was that right? No, the investment wasn't one billion. Uh, investment is a much lesser order. The business that they expect over the next five years is a billion dollars. Yeah, but you're right. That's the cloud thing. Yes. And if I'm not wrong, you had attended the, the press conference as well. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was there at the launch. Right. So what's the progress on that? Uh, some part of your article does uh, cover about that ambition too. So is that what they're betting on, uh, probably in the medium term? You cannot reveal our forthcoming stories on podcasts, Abhishek. But okay. <laughs> just <to tell> you. <laughs> no, no. But, but to tell you, yeah, yeah. The, the platform seems to have scaled up. I haven't checked on it lately, but the last numbers that we did, I mean, 200 plus customers on it seems to be interesting. I don't know the revenues that breakout only will get once they announce their results. And in quarterly, I don't know whether they'll announce at that level, at that detail. But only next year, perhaps when the annual report comes out or the full uh, results are out, can we see that? But from whatever we speak and to, to the guy who who's running that uh, business, I spoke to him, seems to be doing okay at this point of time. And I would say it's definitely the need of the hour. You know, that is clearly, I mean, all the anecdotes have recounted that inside the story itself. And the fact is a lot of small businesses find it very, very hard to keep up with their IT infrastructure because they don't have the manpower or the money to manage, uh, you know, growing IT infrastructure. So this, this kind of platform helps them. But we'll have to sort of see how they scale it up. We'll wait for it in one of your stories and perhaps a podcast that will follow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shishi, me too, and Ramnath for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Abhishek. For the ones listening, please log on to Forbes uh, India's website, that is business.in.com, to get this podcast as well as theindicast.com. And you can also subscribe to Forbes by messaging Forbes to 51818. That's Forbes to 51818. And you can also search us on iTunes. All you need to do is open up iTunes and type in Forbes India. And uh, please subscribe. It's free. That's about it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.